0: I don't think most people know this about me, but my senior year of college, a friend of mine passed away very suddenly. I think when you're early 20s, you don't understand mortality, right? You sort of like, life is always gonna be around and, and you don't understand when, when people say like, life is short, what that truly means. And I remember that really affected me realizing like someone can be here one day and gone the next. You could be here one day and gone the next.
1: My guest today is Nicole Pavlovich. She and I met as MBA students, and she now lives in Michigan with her husband and two boys, and her background is in the restaurant industry for over 20 plus years, and she's been at Domino's in a marketing role for the last nine years. She's now in the digital marketing space, working with international partners, and we reflect on how she finds happiness by having this beautiful blend of speaking her mind and always listening and learning from others. Enjoy this conversation with my friend, Nicole. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. Let's go and get started. So Nicole, welcome to the podcast. And this is a treat. Thank you for following the podcast and for cheering me along. And we've got a lot of stories and just life events to catch up on here
0: yeah well absolutely glad to be here and thank you so much for inviting me
1: so i'd like to start the conversation off by sharing how the guest has provided for me and there's a couple that come to my mind and one to set the stage for the listener on where we connected originally of all places two americans we connected in dublin ireland because we were the crazy americans that said you know there's a lot of MBA programs in america but let's say no to them and yes to ireland so we got to meet his classmates there yeah absolutely I've shared my story of like why I picked Ireland, but I don't know why you did. Like, did you have any family heritage there? Was it just a fun life story? Like, tell us what led you to Ireland.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, you know, as, as like most Americans, right, we all claim to be Irish. <laughs> so, but my my grandmother on my father's side is, you know, 100% Irish. So her father was an immigrant that came to Canada and then from Canada into Michigan. And so definitely have Irish heritage. and which is interesting because I equally have just as strong heritage on the Hungarian side, but for whatever reason, you know, people are more apt to claim the the Irish heritage. So definitely had, you know, Irish roots. I had actually visited a year before. And when I came back immediately thought to myself, well, I need to live there. So I set about figuring out how I was going to do that. And I discovered there's really three ways that you could do it. One, you could marry an Irish person. So I was, I was very open to that. Two you could, you had to be financially independent. So as long as you could take care of yourself financially, you could move there. So that wasn't going to be an option for me. Or three, you could be a student. So I said, I wanted to get my master's anyway. So why not do it in Ireland? And then I was going to plan on, you know, staying there either career-wise, marrying some Irish person, you know, whatever it may be, but ended up uh getting together with my husband and who's American. So that part didn't work out so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how logical you were. Like, here's my goal. I've got three options, and let's pick the option that I can control. And you did it, and I'm so thankful you did because we got a chance to meet there. And the story that comes to my mind, I'm curious if you remember this moment. So to set the stage for the listeners, we're in a pretty small MBA class. There's a mixture about half Irish and the other half are international students. And were two of a handful of Americans in the class. And you have all these different subjects, obviously in the MBA program, but there was a day in the organizational behavior class that you made a comment that really made a lasting impression on me. And organizational behavior, for those not familiar, is basically you know, creating a positive culture in your company. And ironically enough, we're having internal strife as a class during organizational behavior, like there's fighting going on where to the point where there's one student that kind of shares her heart, like, Hey, you guys don't like me <laughs> and I feel attacked. And then you made a comment that just like leveled the room in its timeless truth. And it was, well, you just flatly said, Hey, we're not attacking you. We're all just trying to become the best versions of ourselves.'" And you did it in a way that took the negative energy out of the room where the individual felt attacked, but then you reframed it to say, no, 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 we're not attacking you. We're just trying to become the best versions of ourselves as business leaders, understanding your perspective and offering new perspectives to it. And you made that comment of trying to become the best version of ourselves. And you could just hear a pin drop in that room and it changed the total dynamics. And it was like a standing ovation for Nicole. So it was a wonderful moment of you showing me and providing for me of true leadership in a kind of a tense environment. So, do you remember that by chance?
0: I mean, I, I do remember that and I it's funny because I I feel like that became like what I was known for and I never know if people thought it was being genuine or thought it was like not mocking, but you know how sometimes there's like business speak and people use phrases or I don't know what the right terminology is, but but not being genuine. But the intent was really cuz I think part of the program is is a growth thing, right? Like any MBA program that you go to or attend or master's program in general is gonna have academics, right? And so even like thinking why I chose Ireland, right? Like the first thing that I talked about wasn't the, the MBA program, right? It was like the life experience of it. And, and actually I had another program, the University of Georgia that I always wanted to go to and it was a master's of marketing research program. And that was actually the program that for years and years and years I had wanted to go to And I actually got into that program with a full scholarship and a stipend, but then still went to Ireland, right? Because I think there's the growth opportunity of how you decide your, your life path. And that was what I wanted. Like, you know, obviously Ireland, but being an international student, being amongst people that were not like me, gave me the opportunity to grow myself, right? And I think sometimes people get so comfortable in their own little bubbles and their echo chambers, and that's certainly think about the dynamics in the U.S. today like there's so many people that just like to hear themselves talk and want to only hear what other people want to hear you know and, and basically parrot it back to themselves their own opinions and you know I think that this was an opportunity to see how other people perceive you and decide if that's how you want to be perceived or not and if not this is your chance to make that change right and so I really meant it in a genuine way and not, you know, some business speak. And there's other like perception is reality and those type of of phrases that people toss out. But there's truth to them, you know, if you really kind of step back and and listen to it. So, yeah, I do remember that. But I'm always like curious how other people perceive that moment and if they felt I was more mocking, genuine. But it it truly was like, this is an opportunity, like take the opportunity while you have it.
1: But it was very positively received. And that, you know, of all you're right. It's funny the things that we're known for and that we're remembered by. And it's not like we wake up that day and say, hey, today's the day I'm gonna stand up in front of the class and i not want to try to encourage this person and talk about, you know, becoming the best version of ourselves from a genuine place. So that was just a great moment. And I hope that introduces our listeners to you a little bit of someone who willing to do adventuresome things, like go to Ireland, learn have a growth mindset and then speak your mind when you have something to say. So I think that's a wonderful characteristic trait of you. So that's my intro to you, Nicole, and it's great to reconnect here.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely someone that speaks my mind for better. Or for worse.
1: <laughs> And also to set the stage and to give the listener a little bit of context, of what you do and your background, you mentioned how that program in Georgia might have been what appeared to be the right decision because you have a interest in marketing, a background in marketing. You have this full stipend. You say thanks, but no thanks. I'm going off to a crazy adventure in Ireland. And that's a great example of, you know, one of the questions that I ask people is what intentional decisions have you made in life that have a positive return on investment beyond the risk of saying no to something that was probably more comfortable in yes to Ireland. Are there other decisions like that where it may have seen odd to the outsider? But to you, you said no, this is the right intentional decision and it's led to a positive ROI.
0: I think this is a really good question. I thought about this. So I don't think most people know this about me, but when I was my senior year of college, a friend of mine passed away very suddenly. And, you know, I think when you're early 20s, like you don't you don't understand mortality, right? You sort of like, life is always going to be around and, and you don't kind of understand when when people say like life is short, what that truly means, right? And I remember like that really affected me realizing like someone can be here one day and gone the next. You could be here one day and gone the next, right? And so it really kind of changed my thinking and looking back what I value in life. And again, in, in the MBA, I think we, we did have some of those softer programs of like organizational behavior and I enjoyed those. And I know not all of our classmates necessarily did, but from that, I can say that that helped me identify what my values were, like put a name to them but I, I had those values, whether I could name them or not. You know, and, and one of those is sort of recognizing that what is important to me is happiness, is happiness in my career, in my life. And I value that above most things, right? And so that moment, that time sort of made me recognize like life is short and sometimes you have to do the things that you want to do because you don't know that you're going to have the chance to do that in future. Right. And so after I graduated college, at the time, the job market was not great. And I could have stayed in Michigan and, you know, got a job here or, you know, continued to, I was waiting tables at the time. And I thought, you know, I always wanted to move to California and I'm just going to do it because it's like, you think about what are the risks? Like I moved to California and I don't like it. Well, you just move back. Right. I moved to California and it's fantastic. Well, great. I made the best decision. I moved to California And my life hasn't really changed. I just have, you know, better views and weather. Well, like you look at the risks and benefits and it's like a no brainer, you know? And so to some people, it's like, I made that decision and left within a couple of weeks, just packed up my car and moved across the country. And so on the outside looking in, it's like, oh my gosh, you're so brave. And that's like crazy that you would just pick up and leave. But it's like, life is short. Why not? Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I don't like it. I move back. Right. And so... You know, I think Ireland's another good example of outside looking in, that's not necessarily like the quote unquote logical decision that you would make, right? Like you should go to the place where you're not going to incur any debt, where you're going to actually make money, where you're going to make networking ties, where you could actually get hired and, you know, have a job right after college. But it's like, right, but 10, 20 years from now, what do I want to look back and say that I did? Right. Like, I want to have the experiences, and that's the things that matter. And that's the things that you take with you. I've had um, another example. I was in a job, I was a restaurant manager, and it was a good company. It's just that's not the job for me. You know, I'm not the type of person that can be in the same building 10, 12 hours a day. My schedule was really nutty. So I didn't have like a, a good home life, schedule, work life balance. And I was miserable. And I thought, like, What is the point of going into work like you know you spend over half your life at work why do that somewhere where you're miserable you know and so i decided i I was just gonna quit i had no backup plan i mean i you know i waited tables i bartended i figured i can always do that if i need to like get a roommate for financial like i'll do that like it's not worth being miserable so i ended up quitting and our vice president had come in just to visit, you know, because sometimes they just visit. And I had known him from, you know, years of of working there. And I had just kind of casually mentioned that, oh, I was leaving. And I kind of said, like, here's the reasons I'm leaving. And I have a degree in marketing. And I really would rather do that. And it's time for me to really start pursuing that. Like, this is not the career path for me. And at the time, our company was being sold and bought by a franchisee who was creating a local marketing position. And so had I not just up and quit and then subsequently had this conversation, I wouldn't have known about this opportunity, you know? And so I think sometimes you, you make decisions and I think we've all kind of felt this, like you make this like tough decision, but then you sort of have a feeling of relief. Like I made the decision and you just know that it's the right thing to do and it's the right thing for you. And it might not seem like the right thing for other people and you do a pro con list and it's going to be way in the favor of con, but like, you know, that it's the right thing. Thing. And I try to listen to those moments because again, it's all hindsight, right? But looking back, it's like, those are the moments that that put me on the path to where I am now. And I'm, I'm very happy. My career and my life, like all of the things that I value, that I keep top of mind and center. And had I not made the decisions that I did or made the quote unquote smart choices or the right choices or the things you're supposed to do, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I try to listen to those moments and and make sure that I'm, I'm aware so that I make the decisions that I know are true for me.
1: One thing that I really respect about you is how you're able to speak your mind in a positive way, where the examples that we've talked about in front of our class to help a hard, tense, internal conversation in front of everyone and there might be the pressure of, like, I don't want people to associate me in a negative way or, you know, they could misinterpret this. You didn't allow that to change what you knew was right to speak up in that opportunity. And the same thing when the manager came into office, you could have just played it off like, well, I've got another opportunity or I'm thinking about moving. Or you could have essentially lied. You've done a white lie of why you were leaving. But because you were just direct and to the point of, hey, I've got a degree in marketing, this isn't the career path for me. And that's why I made this decision. You allowed them to provide with you another plan. And I love that.
0: Yeah, I think maybe it's because I've been in in like a customer focused industries for so long. Like I've been in the restaurant business now 25 plus years, like consumer facing or customer facing roles are tough, right? Because people speak their mind. <laughs> you know? But I I try to think of it in terms of when people are, quote unquote, complaining, they're giving you the gift of feedback, right? And what you do with that feedback is really up to you. I mean, there are some people certainly that complain to just complain and they just want to be heard, right? And that's okay too. You just be that ear, right? And that's fine. But when people are telling you that there is something wrong with your business, there's something that they don't like about how you're doing. Again, you can choose to take that feedback and make a change or you can brush it off. And I try to, to listen and be open-minded and take that feedback and figure out, is this correct or how how can I apply this to myself? So I think it's both being able to speak my mind, but then also receive feedback as well.
1: Yeah, that's a superpower. So how, how do you develop that? Like what if someone says, I'm not good at that? Because like for me, I would in the past, especially tend towards, let me not ruffle any feathers, let me be Switzerland, let me just be nice. And I'm not gonna speak my mind when I need to. And so I I have to coach myself up to speak directly and to do a better job of that. And I've seen the fruits of that in my life and my career since making that commitment. For someone that wants to be more like you in me being both more bold in sharing their mind when appropriate and direct, as well as being open to listen, how do you develop those skills? And, And what have you found to be effective to get to a place where you can do both?
0: Yeah. I think part of it is like the mindset that I come from of like that. I, I think of it as an opportunity as a gift. Right. And so if I feel like and I'm thinking like more of like my team that I'm managing now, right. Like if I don't help them and understand where they have opportunities, then I'm doing them a disservice. And so that's kind of where I come from in that feedback of it's not to tell you what you're doing badly it's not a negative thing like it's not trying to put you down it's not trying to be mean or anything like that it's coming from a positive place and so hopefully it's received that way and and i think you just sort of have to gauge like there's some people that are just not open to feedback and so there's there's no point to having that conversation because you're not going to change their mind they're not going to believe you and so it's a waste of energy but maybe this is me just, you know, believing the good in people. But I think most people are, right? Like people want to change and have dialogues and hear other people's points of view and and understand how different backgrounds or, you know, this is why I like your podcast too, because it's like everybody has a story. Everybody has different frame of reference or points of view that got them to where they are now and how they think now, right? And so I think coming at it from that angle then it's a positive thing. It's not trying to put people down or, or, or be negative or be mean or yell at people or anything like that. It's trying to help people be better. Right. And hopefully they'll reciprocate and help me be better. Right. Cause we can always grow and we can always become better versions of ourselves.
1: There you go. Then the Nicole quote, it is so true and management provides you with that opportunity, doesn't it? To provide feedback. I mean, that's part of the job. And then you have to be open for that. And if you're not speaking directly, it's just a waste of time, like you mentioned. So uh, I love how you put that. And I remember asking for your feedback when after the MBA, we we all are thinking to ourselves, especially the Americans, well, what now? Like I've got this Irish MBA. It was fantastic. I've grown into a better version of myself, but the US market still says, show me something. And so my first job after the MBA was joining a small tech company. And I had the opportunity to think about, all right, how do I help the sales and marketing effort with this company? And I knew you had a background in marketing and you had successfully transitioned after the MBA into a role in marketing as well. And I remember calling you up to say, hey, Nicole, how do I market? And, and, and so I, I want the listeners to know that you're my go-to person when I'm in need of asking for marketing help.
0: Oh, well, good. <laughs> You know The company I'm with now is doing pretty okay. So hopefully I'm helping to contribute to that in some way.
1: <laughs> well, yes. And tell us, what are you doing now? Tell us the company and give us a little sneak peek on how you're using your skills.
0: Well, so I work for Domino's Pizza now and I am actually an international role. So I'm a director of international digital marketing, which is super fun. For one, I'd always wanted to get into digital marketing. I think even in the MBA, I was trying to weasel my way into different digital projects because I didn't have a digital background, you know, like when I was in undergrad and certainly dating myself now, but like digital wasn't a thing, right? Like I was in school before Facebook existed and Google wasn't really a thing. YouTube wasn't there. And so, so yeah, I, I wanted to get into it, but I sort of took a back way into where I I took a role in field marketing within Domino's because that was my previous job. And so, and I think, you know, kind of going back to what values I have, right? And I think one of the things we talked about in the NBA was finding companies that, that match your values. That's where success comes from. You know, there's how people define success and financial and that kind of thing. But to me, it's, again, happiness because that's my value, right? And so one of the things about my current company is the openness and the willingness to, to grow. And so if you are performing well in your current role, And there's other areas of the company that you're interested in. Those opportunities exist, which is fantastic because, you know, I think about some of the reasons I left previous companies. I just got bored. Like I wasn't learning anymore. I wasn't growing. And so I've had opportunities to take a few different roles into digital and and get that skill set that I didn't have before. Right. And so I just recently joined the international side of the business about a year ago. And it it kind of brings together several of my experiences. It's, you know, digital marketing, digital experience of helping, you know, user behavior on our website, but our company is predominantly franchise owned. So in the U.S., like 10% is owned by the company and then the rest of it is owned by franchisees, small business owners. And globally, all of the international markets are owned by, we call the master franchisees and they they will sub franchisee out. And so my role is purely consultative. So I don't actually own any direct strategy or anything like that. I work with the CEOs and the CMOs to help guide and provide feedback and recommendations. So it kind of brings together all of that sort of influential pieces of it based on, you know, the experiences that I've had. So all of that feedback and influence and all those soft skills that people didn't love in the MBA, like I'm using those constantly every day.
1: Oh, well, let's dive into that a little bit. How in the world do you influence someone to do something you want them to do? Like, how do you, how, how have you found that to be successful?
0: Well, I mean, I think, and this is the part that maybe some of our, our, our classmates, it didn't always resonate, but it's people, right? And and everybody's different. So what motivates you is going to be different than what motivates me and what motivates someone else. So part of it is just building a relationship, right? And finding out Who is this person and what is their background and, you know, what experiences do they have to help understand, like, what is their frame of reference and why, right? And and I think once you understand that about something, about someone, you can figure out, like, either how do I influence them or or I understand, like, why they don't think this way and and maybe I need to think a little bit differently, right? So I, I remember when I first got into field marketing, our VP had told me, just go visit people, talk to them, build relationships. That was such an alien thing for me of like, you're going to pay me just to go like chat with people. But now I find myself, you know, when I hire a new team member, it's just, hey, go set up 30 minutes with this person and just get to know them and chat and, you know, you know, certainly ask them some work questions, but it's really about forming those relationships and building relationships because that's how things get done, right? I mean, like, it's interesting because I think in business, people get that, but they don't necessarily talk about it or or they think that it's all those hard skills that get them to be successful right but i trying to remember what it was that they said in the mba like hard skills get you the job but emotional intelligence gets you promoted or something to that effect but those relationships like that's what what helps make you successful and, and helps drive your career forward and helps certainly my team be successful as well
1: yeah well what a fascinating role to have it reach internationally and to learn the new tools that you get to learn and to influence people using technology and relationships. And you guys have great marketing where I love the authenticity of the Domino's message of there's a few years back where it even said, Hey, we used to guarantee your pizza at a certain time, but now we're all about quality. And then you guys have been so creative, like even the latest stuff about how you have free things, like surprise freeze versus surprise fees. It's like you guys are ahead of the game while your competitors, like it's obvious, like they're having internal strife and they're struggling or they're paying like the latest big celebrity. But you guys show like a level of creativity that's really unique. And I just want to say props to you guys, like honestly, just as a customer.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun because, you know, again, like the, the value piece of it, like I think we had a couple courses where we talked about espoused, value, espoused values versus like actual values we talk about like uncommon honesty and transparency with our consumers. And it could very well be, you know, that that's all public facing, but in a company, it's not like that. But in reality, it's very much like that. My sort of like blunt honesty and openness to provide feedback works very well within our company culture, right? And it's all respectful. But, you know, I think we recognize that good ideas come from anyone it doesn't come from a title it comes from a person and so we all have to be open to hearing you know different perspectives and to hear feedback and ideas and and so we have to create a culture that it's okay to push back or agree to disagree or disagree and and all respectfully but you know again just going back to like who i am and my personality and my values like. It's important for me to be in a place that allows me to do that. And that, you know, not only is it not frowned upon, but it's encouraged.
1: Yeah. Thank you for that reminder of that lesson that was so poignant during the MBA of understand your values and then try your best to identify the true values that are lived out at the company. And then you can figure out titles and responsibilities and opportunities like that will just happen. And you're right. I honestly, that was such a great nugget from the MBA. Thank you once again for highlighting that. So, Hey, I know you're a, hey, you got a lot on your plate. You're busy. You've got international deals going on in the background here. But one question that I want to ask you that I love asking our guests, how do you provide for yourself? Because you're in the business of service, you're in the business of serving others, influencing them in a positive way. So over the years, how have you found to successfully provide for yourself so that you can serve for others even better?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's hardest in the pandemic too, right? Because I think the work life balance sometimes tends to go out the window. And luckily I started my career in field marketing. So I, I feel like I I'm more used to the remote work than than a lot of people. It was maybe a little bit more of a shock to them when when the pandemic hit. But it's interesting, I think how I do that has changed over the years. Right. So I think about like the MBA, like I ran all the time because I had to, because I was like stressed out and anxiety and it's tough, right? And I I remember being in a couple of group projects where I'd have some of my team members go, like, just go for a run. (laughs) Just You're stressing me out. You're full of anxiety. Just go for a run. So that worked for me for quite a while. And then, you know, when I started to have, you know, more of a work schedule that didn't necessarily allow for that, you know, or now I have a husband and, and now I have two kids, right? Like that becomes much harder to do. So I think it's, For me, recognizing that and keeping that top of mind that if you don't actively balance your life, it will get out of balance, right? And I think, I I keep going back to like, when you talk about provider, like people naturally think about finance, like financial provider, breadwinners, things like that, right? But it's it's more than that, right? So like you balance your financial portfolio, right? Like you make sure that that doesn't get out of whack because you need that for retirement. But you don't always think about balancing your life portfolio right like that's not top of mind like some company cultures it's like it's like a badge of honor to work all day and night and be available at any point in time and like you don't i don't want to be part of a company like that right so i think i need to keep that top of mind that when i'm working i'm working when i'm not working i'm not working right like when i'm with my family there's no phones Even if it's just like focusing on the moment, like let's go for a walk together, like let's have dinner or just watching my kids play because they're so funny and like just watching them learn and grow and being very present in the moment. Because it's very easy, especially nowadays with all the technology and social media and you've got your phone on you and, you know, like all of those distractions, it's really hard to consciously stay present. And I think that's so important to keep that top of mind because, you know, again, like life is short, right? And and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or five years down the road. And so staying present in the moment and recognizing the things that you have while you have them, I think that helps ground me and recognize how I can provide better for my family and, and my team and the people that that rely on me for support.
1: It's been so fun to reconnect, Nicole. I've loved our conversation and thank you for providing for me with uh, the MBA and afterwards with help in marketing. And then also just, you know, you're a great encourager and a great example of balancing those two things out of speaking directly and being open to feedback. And so I have really enjoyed our conversation. Was there any stories or little nuggets of encouragement that I didn't give you a chance to reflect on that you'd like to now as we close?
0: I did want to say, again, kind of going back to the the financial providing versus like providing, right? Like it's, I think people naturally think about providing. I Googled the definition of provider (laughs) because I I like to be prepared, right? And I found a definition that I really like that is it gives you what you need. You know, who's provided for me, right? And like my parents like obviously come to mind, right? And I would say like more so on the financial support side, right, like they supported me, I grew up with them. And, but I also, again, I think a lot of it is like, looking back, like reflective, like you realize the life lessons in hindsight rather than in the moment, they weren't necessarily always supportive of the career choices or choices that I made in life. Right. Which I can understand. Like I was going to go to Hollywood and be an actress. And, you know, as a parent, like you want your kids to you know, be able to survive and eat and (laughs) things like that. So, but I think that gave me sort of a tenacity that I carry with me and the ability to push back with sound arguments rather than just like tantrums and things like that. So I think about like, did they provide like what I wanted? Not necessarily, but did they provide what I needed? Yes. If they didn't kind of push back on on me and and make me have to fight for the things that I wanted, I wouldn't have had that spirit, right? Like the I'm gonna do what I want to do and I'm gonna fight for it. And I'm gonna make it work and I'm gonna try my best and you know have that tenacity. And and so I really love that definition because, you know, I think that this works in professional life as well. It's not necessarily giving people the things that they want. It's giving the things that they need. Like that's how you become a good provider.
1: Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to that to the concept. I love the idea of providing what is needed. And we all know that feeling of being completely of need of something. And then when someone or something delivers it, wow, it's just, you just can't thank them enough. And it's so rewarding to Feel that, but how much more rewarding is it to do that for someone else? And thank you for highlighting your parents because I know for me that will be a challenge if my girls come to me and say, I'm moving to California. <laughs> and so I'll just remember, well, Nicole turned out great.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a little Rolling Stones, right? Like you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might just get what you need.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, well, and thank you for. Literally spending some time to reflect on this too, because it shows how committed you are to growth as we talked about in our conversation. And it's inspiring for me. So thank you for just being a positive example. And, you know, that's why I do these conversations is to think back of people who genuinely, truly provided for me and made an, an indelible mark in my own life and career. So thank you for that. And thank you for spending some time today with me, but also in the prep work of reflecting on some of these stories and, and the people. So I don't have to go. If you got more, please continue on. But I don't want to keep you longer. So is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with?
0: Every month I send my team monthly wins, right? And they're going to be really small things like, hey, somebody agreed to put a price point on their website. Like, hooray. But you really have to celebrate those things because eventually they grow to be big things.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting A Kind Word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.